Zamana Mina, hey, hey, Waka, Waka, hey, hey, Zamana Mina, Zangalewa, Anawam, ha, ha. Coming up on the Anti Woke Podcast. So, a couple episodes ago, I talked about how I was taking Henry, my 18 pound rescue dog, to the vet. And now that's over with, and I'm, whatever. Now I'll tell you the results. And just a little, a little bit of a dog update, small town living update. So my sur- first stop was at the vet, and it's fine. I think, I mean, basically, the vet kind of told me what I already knew. I got some heartworm me- medicine, which is prescription only, so that's good. But here's my observation at a small town vet clinic, veterinary clinic, is that this vet was old. This is an old white man. And he was showing his age, and he'd like say something, and I'd be like, could you say that again? He'd say it again, I'd be like, could you say that a third time? I just couldn't understand what he was saying that good. And like, I'd already come up with a, a regimen of pills for my dog, and he was like, yeah, that, that sounds good. And I was like, well, could you double check it? And so he like, he looked it up in his pill book for dogs, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, you should give him 200 milligrams twice a day. And I'm like... I think the pills are 20 milligrams. And he's like, oh, let me double check. Anyways, and he double checked. I was right. So I don't know if I've said this, but definitely with doctors, and apparently with vets also, you have to be your own doctor. You have to be your own vet. Like, you want to know what the hell you're talking about before you go in there because whatever. You know, they can write the prescriptions, but you better you better be double checking them. They're not that good at it. Like, I went to the doctor a couple months ago and whatever. She was wrong. She was wrong about a bunch of stuff. I helped her along, and we, we got the right result. But So this clinic, it's got this old-ass white man. He's got the veterinary license in his hand. That's why he's able to have a clinic. And you can't even understand what he's saying sometimes. But then the rest of the clinic is just a ton of, like, smoking hot women in their 20s. And I don't even think the vet is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hire you because you're smoking hot. I think just smoking hot... White women in their 20s, I mean, everyone, everyone's white around here, um, they want to work at a vet clinic, you know, like they're, whatever. They want to, and they go get what they want. So it makes it kind of fun to get your prescription for your dog filled or to, to pay your bill. It's like, all right, you want to pay your bill? It's like, hell yeah, I want to interact with you and pay my bill. I mean, I'm sure they're all married with children, but anyways, it's just fun. I mean, I'm so goddamn old. I'm 50, or I looked it up the other day, I think I'm 48, but anyways, I'm 50, so that was fun. And so when I put Henry in the car, uh, he wants to jump onto my lap. Like any car that he's in, he, he hates it. He hates being in a car. I've, had, I've known a lot of dogs that love being in a car. It's like, hey, you want to go for a ride? The dog is like, hell yeah, I do. I'm going to stick my nose out the open window. But anyways, that's not Henry. And so it freaks him out, and he wants to get in your lap, because whatever, he just wants to. And so what I do is, uh, you know, like the seat, so the, on the passenger seat, just me and him, there's no other person in there. And on the passenger seat, there's that kind of headrest thing, and it has a couple metal bars where you can raise and lower the headrest. And so what I do is I just take Henry's leash, and I tie it to one of those metal bars at the right length, so he, you know, he can, he, he can get his nose close to my lap, and that's it, and he can't jump in my lap. And so basically, it's like he's chained up, it's like chaining up your guard dog in the yard, but he's chained up in the passenger seat of my car. And so he doesn't like it, and he just he starts panting. He kind of he basically starts hyperventilating. Just he put, To put him in the car, he, and you start driving, he just starts hyperventilating and trying to get to your lap, but he can't do it because he's chained up. 
And so originally, because he doesn't want to get in the car, I'd have to pick him up and put him in the car and then tie him down. But uh, when we left the vet, like he didn't like the vet at all. And when we left the vet, he like jumped into the car. He's like, hell yeah, let's get the hell out of here. And then I took him to the dog trimming place and he didn't want to get out of the car. But anyways, walking him on his leash over to the dog trimming lady and and he was acting a little funky. He, you know, he's like, he was, he was acting a little nippy, like he might nip the lady. And he, she's like, why don't you pick him up and hand him to me? And I said, we just got back from the vet, so he's a little freaked out. And she's like, oh, we're not the vet, Henry. We won't do that to you. And got the dog clipping done, and then I headed towards the liquor store. I told you that was one of my stops. And as I'm dri driving there, I saw the homeless guy. There's, there's a homeless guy who leans up against a lamppost. But this time, he wasn't leaning up against the lamppost. He had like a broken-down recliner, lazy boy, that he was sitting in next to the lamppost. And this lamppost, it's across the street from the uh, the only convenience mart that my small town has. I think that's why he likes that lamppost. But he was sitting in that thing, rocking away. And so I passed him, and I went to the liquor store, and I was I was talking to the lady. We had talked about the homeless guy previously because the liquor store charges, I can't remember if it's five cents or ten cents, for a paper bag to put your liquor in. And in Oregon, I don't know when the law changed, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, but it used to be you could not sell any sort of alcoholic beverage without putting it in a bag. And so basically, you know, we were talking about, like, you know, it was called brown bag night. You know, you used to buy, like, you know, one one of those extra big beers or something, and then it came in a bag that was about the size of the beer, and then you'd see, like, bums drinking, you know, drinking from a, a brown bag. But apparently they changed that law because the last time I saw the homeless guy, he was just drinking a beer with no bag. And now the liquor store lady is trying to charge me for bags. It's like you got to bring your own grocery bag. I guess it's part of that thing. You got to bring your own grocery bags maybe to the grocery store. Well, now you got to bring your own grocery bag to the liquor store. And so I was telling the lady, he's like, oh, you know, I saw the, the homeless guy got, his, got himself a recliner. And she's like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I'm like, man, that's the fanciest homeless guy I've ever seen. And she's like, yeah, yeah, he sits in that recliner and he holds up a sign. And I was like, oh, well, he wasn't holding up a sign when I saw him. Uh, he, he must have been on his break. And so that was supposed to be the end of my rounds in town. But then I decided, you know what, maybe I'll go get a, a COVID booster. Like, I've had my two shots. I got my COVID booster. You know, this is not political, whatever. Like, if you don't want one, that's fine. If you want one, that's fine. I, I got mine. I know old people and I want to... Whatever. I just think it's probably a good idea, so I'd do it. But, I mean, I haven't looked this up recently, but it's, it sounds like COVID boosters wear off after six months. I mean, they're not, I mean, I guess they're vaccines. I don't know. These are, these are vaccines, but they're not very good vaccines if you got to take them all the damn time. But I was thinking, it's been six months since I got my first booster, and in the summer, I'm probably going to be hanging out with more people, and, you know, people are just doing more fun stuff. Um, I was like, I'll go, I'll go get a booster. And so I went to the clinic, you know, I waited in line a little while, and I showed the lady my card, and she's like, oh, you're not old enough, you're not eligible for a booster. And so I don't know what the cutoff is, but apparently 48's not old enough, I think it might be 65. And I was like, well, okay, maybe I'm not old enough, but I'm fat, you know, don't, don't fat people get extra eligibility for uh, a booster? And the nurse, she was like, I'm fat too, and I can't get one, and... uh and she was fat, also. 
And I will say, every time I go to this clinic, this clinic is real nice. It's like a hospital. But every time I go there, everyone who works there is a woman. They all wear scrubs, and they're all fat. And the first thing they do when you go in for an appointment is they say, get on the scale, and they weigh you. And it's kind of embarrassing to get on a scale when you're fat. But when the person telling you to get on the scale is like a hot fatty, it uh, takes a lot of the sting out of it. I feel like talking more about music and dogs and liquor and vaccinations. So let's start with... Uh, so there's a song by Shakira, famous singer, if you heard of her. Um, it's called This Time for Africa. Like, you know, I'm not a big Shakira fan. Um, it just it, it came up on YouTube somehow, and it had the word Africa in there, and I'm always interested in Africa stuff, so I clicked on it. And so it was a 2010 song, and it was the theme song for the the World Cup. You know, like soccer, uh, you know, football, soccer, depending on where you live. The most popular sport in the world. Anyways, apparently they had a two, they have a theme song every time. And in 2001, they had uh, This Time for Africa by Shakira. And so I was listening to the song, and then one of the lyrics is Waka Waka, like W-A-K-A-W-A-K-A. And I'm like, that's sounding kind of racist, but, I mean, whatever. Obviously, they're not going to be doing racist stuff for the 2010 World Cup, so I decided to look into it more. And it turns out it's basically like a cover. I mean, you know, Shakira speaks Spanish, and then she does songs in English, and whatever. You know, it's mildly complicated, but basically there was an African song called Zamina Mina Zongalewa, and it's from 1986. And there's a music video for it on YouTube, and it's it's crazy. It's, cra it's like a bunch of crazy-looking Africans doing army marches and then singing the song. And apparently, like Cameroon, so that's a country in Africa, apparently they fought in World War II, and so a bunch of like soldiers who fought in World War II, when they got old, they like wrote this song in 86, or something like that. Don't quote me on this. I think I read that on Wikipedia. But anyways, it's a catchy, it's a catchy song, and it has the words Waka Waka in it, and so I think maybe the World Cup was held in Africa, so they wanted to promote African stuff. And so Shakira wrote a, you know, did like a pop version of it. And one of the running themes on my podcast is about how new music sucks and old music is the bomb. I mean, so yeah, so this song came out in 86. So 84 was the best year ever for music. So 86 is just, you know, it, it is right in that sweet spot. So apparently in Africa, they're making some bomb-ass music also. And so the Shakira version, it's pretty good. It's from 2010, right? It's not as bad as the stuff in 2022. It's pretty good, but you know, really, I think I think the original one was actually the best. I mean, it's the sound quality is kind of crazy. I mean, who knows? They recorded it in the jungle. I don't know. That's racist. I know. All right, so I'm gonna play some of the uh, original song here. Like, I don't think you know. I think your podcast will be taken down for copyright infringement. Like, if you play a song like by Shakira, but I feel like if you play a African song from '86, no one gives a shit. Like normally I talk about how white privilege doesn't exist, but maybe it exists a little bit right now. If this part is heard, you may not even hear this. Hey, 
waka waka samina mina sangalewa ana wam a a samina mina ete waka waka ete samina mina sangalewa ana wam a a jango ete jango ete samina mina sangalewa ana wam a a samina mina ete waka waka ete samina mina sangalewa ana wam a And so I've kind of mentioned before, there's a thing with the human brain, I don't know what the word for it is, but if you hear a song over and over, after a while you grow to enjoy it. And this song is freaking awesome because it just repeats the same little awesome uh, riff or chorus that they have. And so, you know, basically one minute into the song, you're like, I don't know about this. And then, you know, the next couple minutes, you're like, wow, I love this hook. And then they repeat it so freaking much. I think I think by the, the, the fourth minute, it's a four minute song. Like, you know what? I'm tired of this song. But anyways, it can, it can take you all the way from not knowing it to loving it to being tired of it all in one song which i think is freaking phenomenal sorry hip hoppers you may have to hoppity hop out of here so i was talking recently about a song from 1985 uh, by kate bush that hit number one in the uk and a bunch of other countries and i think it hit top i think it was number four in the u.s and that the streaming service services are basically cooking the books so that you don't know that old songs are actually way more popular, some, you know, possibly way more popular than new songs. And it got me thinking about, you know, the hip-hop songs for, I don't know how long they've been doing this, 20, 30 years, where you just take, like, the chorus, the hook, from an old song, and then you add some shitty rapping to it, and then you release it, and you have a big hit. And, like, the song that really comes to my mind from that maybe 20 years ago was um i'll be missing you by p diddy formerly known as puff daddy and so that you know hip-hop song it just took it just took the chorus from i'll be watching you by the police like the original was something like every move you make every claim you stake i'll be watching you and the song I mean, this song had a little more reason for being than just to steal an old hook and have a hit because uh, Biggie Smalls, who was was looking like maybe he would be him and Tupac, him and Tupac were going to be the biggest stars of the 2010s and the 2020s, maybe you know going on forever. And then they both got murdered, and so this song, "I'll Be Missing You," it was the song about how Biggie Smalls got murdered and Puff Daddy was his friend. And I think the girl who sings the chorus just you know just whatever it's basically exactly the same as the old police song um i think that was uh biggie smalls wasn't his wife but i think it was the the girl that he cheated on his wife with so you know that, that was nice it tied up the bow but so here's the thought i had which is if the streaming services start letting old music onto the top 40 hits stuff charts all these hip-hop artists who all they can do is some shitty rapping and steal an old hook, uh, they'll be screwed. They'll be gone. And for whatever reason, that fills me with a sense of uh, joy. Uh, the...
Twitter handle at Anti Podcast. And thanks for listening.